It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Pride. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Jeff Fegels, Lance Meadow with you. The phone number. To give us a call is 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Paul and I hit some tweets yesterday. I'll look at them again today at some point during the show. Hashtag Giants Chat. We'll get to your questions and comments as we move along. Getting ready for the Giants and Chargers. Just a reminder before we start, the Giants Total Podcast is out there, folks. Uh, it's a very different podcast feed than Big Blue Kickoff Live, where it's a lot of conversation between the three of us and with the callers. Uh, Giants Huddle kind of gives you more of an interview-style show, which I think all of you will like. So go go out there, find it, search for it on your podcast platform, subscribe to it. We have game previews and game reviews every week. We have special limited-run podcasts like Papa's Perspective, which looks back at some of his favorite calls throughout Giants history. This week on our preview show, it's going to be uh, Me With Julian Love. I recorded that yesterday. It's a good spot. We talk about the secondary and the defense. Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino talk to Matt Money Smith, play-by-play guy for the Chargers. And then in around three hours or so, Bob Papa will talk to Giants head coach Joe Judge, and that will go up on that preview show as well. So make sure you check that out later in the day and subscribe to it, the Giants Huddle Podcast. Gentlemen, happy Friday. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing How are you? well. How about you? We're fantastic. Um, Jeff, you might be able to play golf tomorrow, by the way. It's supposed to be like 60 degrees if you can sneak might? out there. What do you mean, might? I am. It's supposed to rain, though. It's supposed to rain. That's what I was a little concerned for. It's raining 60, though. I mean, rain in 35 is different. But, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm planning on trying to get out there tomorrow, John. Thank you for giving me that. I, it just depends. Now, of course, it, that, that's still cool compared to what the Giants have out there in Arizona. Though I was told oh, it, was, yeah. it was 60 Beautiful and windy yesterday, which a lot of people were complaining about, which I'm like, guys, seriously, Please. really? You're complaining about 60 and windy? And, of course, it's an indoor stadium at, uh, at SoFi. So the um, elements yeah. on – Sunday will be ideal. So, guys, let's talk about that, and we should start here with the Chargers offense. Paul and I covered the Chargers defense a lot yesterday, and I guess we should start with we still don't know who's going to be out there for the Chargers on offense. Keenan Allen tested positive for COVID and was placed on the COVID-19 list on Monday. It's still possible that he returns in time for Sunday. He needs those two negative tests 24 hours apart, but I don't think throughout the entire league we've had one player return in under a week yet after testing positive from COVID-19, except for a case where there was a negative, a uh, faulty, false positive test. So I think it's fair to say he's probably not going to go, but lands the two close contacts, Chris Harris on defense, and then fellow wide receiver Mike Williams. That's a much easier thing to come back from, being a close contact and getting through that protocol to be back in time for Sunday. Yeah, that's because both of them were deemed close contacts on Monday, which means they have that five-day window to get cleared by tomorrow, which would then open the door for them to play on Sunday. So I haven't heard anything that there's been a setback or an issue. Once again, we won't know, I think, for certainty until tomorrow because Saturday would be that fifth day for clearance. But I would say there's a better chance for those two to return than Keenan Allen, who tested positive, and he's the reason why those other two guys were deemed close contacts. So at least from the Chargers' perspective, I think if you were to ask them, hey, if we at least have one of those two guys on the field, especially Mike Williams' size, and last week, I think against the Bengals, he was much more involved in terms of being that deep threat compared to what we saw in recent weeks. Something tells me Justin Herbert won't have any complaints because those are the two top guys in terms of their weaponry. If they're without both of them, you know, then they're going to have to go deeper in the depth chart. And we're probably talking about utilizing Austin Eckler even more as well as the tight end. So it absolutely changes the dynamics of their offense. And Jeff, not having Keenan Allen, even with Mike Williams, who has been really up and down this year. Lance mentioned it. First five games, he was great. Next five games, he did very little. Now he's gotten back over 100 yards two out of the last three weeks. But Keenan Allen is literally a top five route runner in the National Football League. He's fantastic. So if they are without him, that'll at least give the Giants defense a little bit of help, especially especially with the Dory Jackson still not practicing this week. A little bit. But, I mean, so you got Jared Cook there. Uh, One of those guys you guys mentioned there is one of them – 
not vaccinated, so there's a different protocols coming back. Yeah, I believe Keenan Allen, Jeff, isn't vaccinated, okay, at so least according to reports. Yeah. But remember, a lot has to do with whether or not you have symptoms or something to that oh, degree yeah, sure. to determine there's your so clock. There's so many different things. Correct, yeah. exactly. Wow. Yeah, but Jeff, you were yeah. right. Being unvaccinated makes it less likely that he's going to be able to come back. Sure, and I, I know this just takes – usually it, I think it just takes a little bit longer, right? I mean, just to come sure. back depending on what it is. But to answer your question, John um, – I mean, when you look at Her- at Herbert, I mean, does it really matter who's out there for that guy? <laughs> I mean, it does. But he just – he is ridiculous, this guy. I mean, holy smokes. Um, just throwing for 300 yards is like nothing to him. and uh, But he likes to th- spread the ball a little bit. So those guys are important to him, absolutely. But if you got two of the three, I think he'd be okay, like you said. Yeah, and look, Herbert, he's third in the league this year in terms of combined passing and rushing yards per game. Overall, he's second behind Tom Brady. If you go per game, it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, that's ahead of him, but Lamar obviously missed that game earlier in the year, so he's below him in terms of total numbers. But he's an excellent quarterback. Guys, look, there's nothing Justin Herbert can't do, and I, I don't say that lightly. He can run. He can scramble. He can throw every throw. He's got an A-plus arm. He's mobile in the pocket. He's an accurate thrower. He makes pretty good decisions. Unlike some other of these guys with these big arms, he's willing to throw checkdowns and, and keep it short. In fact, some people complain he doesn't take enough shots down the field. He's, and he's too conservative throwing those short passes. So I don't really think, Jeff, there's a formula <laughs> and lands to, to slow this guy down. You just have to play good, sound defense and, and hope your defense you know, forces a couple of mistakes and I think keeps him in the pocket and turns him into a more typical pocket passer, but he can do that too. So there really aren't any good answers for how you corral Justin Herbert. Well, also, Herbert, you mentioned the running aspect. He's built not like a typical quarterback. So Herbert doesn't mind taking on some contact. He's got the second most carries on the team. He's averaging nearly six yards per run when he takes off, and he's run in for two scores. So even when the play breaks down, and let's say he doesn't have the deep opportunity or he doesn't want to dump it off, Herbert will take off and run. So it's one of those situations where you sort of pick your poison just when you think you may have things contained, then all of a sudden he'll show his wheels and he'll maybe pick up four to five yards. So it goes without saying you have to be well-disciplined when you play a quarterback like Justin Herbert, I think you want to try to get some hits on this guy. You want to wear him down, maybe let him feel it so that he doesn't think about running more often than not when a play breaks down. But, yeah, as you mentioned, John, there's various levels to this offense. They can win if they have to dink and dunk. They can win if they want to open up the deep ball. And then they can win because of Herbert's mobility. So, you know, you're really damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. From a defensive perspective, I just go back to it's very similar, and I know it's different from Miami, but – The philosophy for the Giants defense, you can't afford to have missed tackles, okay? You got to make sure that if he dumps it off to Eckler, he gets only about a four-yard gain, and it doesn't turn into seven, so now it's a more manageable second and third down. If you can do those things and you force the Chargers to have to put together eight, ten-play lengthy drives, you know, at least you're feeling they have to work for it. You start giving up the home runs— they're going to all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, put 14 to 21 points on the board. And right now, the Giants' offense is in no position to try to match in a clinic-style type of game. We know that because they've only scored 10 points or less (laughs) in the last three. So, to me, if you're going to choose the poison, I would rather force the Chargers to have to go up and down the field methodically and at least make them earn it. Yeah, and look, they can run the ball too, Jeff. They haven't run it a lot with Austin Eckler, but he's very talented. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And with Keenan Allen out, my guess is that he would be a much have a much larger role in the offense and be featured a lot more, given his ability as a runner and as a receiver. He's a remember he used to be a third down back right before he became every down back, so sure. he's a very yeah. good route runner. Well, yeah, he's got fifty six catches for over five hundred yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, the guy knows how to catch the ball yeah, because seven of his prior receiving touchdowns for a running back is insanely is, and, good. And you hit the nail on the head because before he was a true, you know, full fledged running back, he was a guy that was a little scat guy out of the backfield with catching catching passes. So um that that's a weapon. I, I think, you know, back to the running game, they're they're okay at the running game. I think the Giants are gonna have to do a good job at you know, this. I think this this team will methodically go down the field because they are very good on third downs. They're fifth in the National Football League. Their offense is so that you know in itself will lend itself to being able to extend drives and being able to convert some of those things. So to me, first and second down will be very important for this Giants defense. And to me, remember, Justin Herbert is still a young quarterback. 
what can you do to young quarterbacks? Number one is pressure. But by the way, he's very good under pressure. Uh, if you put pressure in his face. But the second thing is that you're going to have to disguise something. Yeah. Make him throw some um, some interceptions, which, by the way, he's got 11 of them. Yep. Um, and that puts him up in the you know the top five in the league as far as uh, turning over the football. So those are just some things you got to do to try to get after this guy. But this is a very potent offense. They have the ability to throw points up on you quickly. They will throw the ball all over the place. And Justin Herbert is a guy that you're not going to rattle because he's young. And I'll just throw this out there too, Jeff. You mentioned the pressure part of this, Lance. The Chargers' offensive line is not great. Um, they Brian Balaga, who's supposed to be a big addition this offseason, he's been hurt all year, has been on injured reserve, I think, since week two. Rashawn Slater's been great at left tackle. He's lived up to the hype. We talked sure. about him a lot of draft time. Corey Lindsley was an excellent addition at center. But oh, they're yeah. two guards, and then Storm Norton over at, at, at right tackle, Lance. Great he's, name. He, Great name, <laughs> maybe not a great. Blocker. It's about it. Yeah. He's. I mean, I, I remember I watched that full Charger Cowboy game back. I forget what was it, week four, or week five, and Michael Parsons is still eating that guy's lunch. So there are ways to get into the backfield against this Chargers offensive line, especially against that right tackle spot, Lance. That's the place. If I'm the Giants, I would pinpoint, try to figure out a ways to isolate Norton one on one, and hope your Aziz Ojolari's of the world, your Lorenzo Carter's of the world can get, or maybe Lorenzo Williams even. You want to put him outside get some consistent pressure off that right tackle spot. Yeah, I think clearly the right side of the offensive line is the biggest question mark because not only did they lose Balaga, who you mentioned, who Storm Norton is replacing, but they also lost their right guard, Odeabushi. He tore his ACL in week five. So that's why Michael Schofield came into play, which just goes to show you, see, the Chargers were so good this offseason in terms of right revamping their offensive line, and then all of a sudden they lose the entire right side of the line by week five, yep. and now you have to right make changes. So, you know, you're only as good as the availability of the personnel that you brought in. So the Chargers, I think, the beginning of the season, they were thinking, hey, we're going to have five new guys, we're going to have some stability, and then all of a sudden they threw a wrench in the mix of that. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's where the Giants need to attack. You want him to feel pressure, though. Interestingly, if you remember what Jeff brought up earlier, last season Herbert was stellar when he had pressure in his face. His numbers and his efficiency were ridiculous, and that's continued this season. The numbers actually show, which to me, I don't understand how this makes sense, that Herbert is actually a less effective quarterback when he has too much time on his hands <laughs> than when he's actually pressured. So, I mean, good yeah. luck trying to make sense of that. So, I guess you got to be sort of cautious in terms of the opportunities you take on Justin Herbert. But, of course, if you're Patrick Graham, you'd rather make the guy feel uncomfortable than give him a year and a Sunday to survey the field. So you do want to try to apply pressure. I think if you can test the waters with Norton and Schofield early on, see if they can handle whatever you throw at them, I think that would be a good way to go. But just once again, keep in mind, Herbert is probably one of the most efficient quarterbacks with pressure in his face, which is unlike probably the 31 other guys in the league. All right, guys, let's, before we get to the calls, and we will open up the phones here at 201-939-4513. Get in, we'll get you up, and we'll talk some Giants football with you. The Giants' injury report yesterday actually looked as, as positive as anyone we've seen probably, guys, since very earlier in the year. The only did not practice was Dory Jackson. He was a DNP. Kadarius Toney upgraded to limited. Kenny Galladay upgraded to limited. Sterling Shepard once again limited. Mike Glennon took the next step in his concussion protocol. He was non-contact in practice. He was limited. So they are slowly getting healthier, and assuming there's not a setback, they seem pretty confident Mike Glennon's going to be good to go for the game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's all good news. I mean, really, when you think about coming out of the game last week, it looked uh, pretty dire what was going to happen when these guys went down to Arizona. So maybe that Arizona weather has really done some good things to those guys. Um, but that, you know, anytime well, you Jeff, can have... you could speak from experience. Well, I know that, weather, first of so. all, I know the heat, <laughs> even though 60 and windy is so bad, uh, but I'll take it. And that it does, it's just your psyche, your mental you know, part of it just really kind of gets you going. And I mean, that does, that means nothing when it comes to getting those guys healthy. It's just a matter of how their bodies react to it. But listen, I mean, if anytime you have the opportunity guys to get as many people back from your roster on that field starters, at least that can help you. And I think from the passing game perspective, that could be huge for Mike Glennon if he plays. And, again, if, if Mike Glenn, Glenn doesn't play, then you know what we're looking at. We're looking at a guy that's never started an NFL regular season game getting the start. And so when you have a lot of people that he can throw the ball to that can get some production, that's good for him. Well, and I think that's the reason, Jeff, why Judge came out earlier in the week and said – 
if Glennon is cleared, he's going to be our starter. Because sure. while it's not to say that Jake Fromm hasn't come a long way since he joined the team last week, but I think <laughs> in terms of running the offense, you certainly feel a lot more comfortable putting the experienced quarterback there who's at least had some reps and some yeah. work with most of the personnel. I mean, that's just a logical move in terms of moving forward with this offense. Now, the other thing that is going to be interesting is how many of those wide receivers that John just mentioned are going to be available because, you know, we've seen guys, they were limited during the course of the week, and that doesn't necessarily get them up for the game. So, you know, somebody like Tony, who I know is slightly upgraded, I think you want to see probably more out of him before maybe you're content that he has a legitimate shot. Shepard spoke to the media the other day. I mean, that's just me connecting dots. Normally, that's encouraging when a player speaks to the media. Probably means they're trending in the right direction. But once again, I think you want to see him get another full day of practice under his belt. So I would say probably, at least once again, my opinion, Shepard probably more likely than Tony if you just assess what's transpired over the last few days. Well, you get one of your slot receivers back, regardless if you have both of them or not, you know? So that's good. Sure. And that's another safety valve and outlet for a guy like Mike Glennon, assuming he plays. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing, too, John and um, Lance, is that this this Chargers offense, they uh, they like to go for it on fourth down. Oh, yeah. Good <laughs> point, Jeff. Good point. And so, you know, as far as when we talked about extending drives and having that defense get them off the field, um, you know, they will they will go for fourth down quite a bit. And it's part of his the coach's philosophy that, I you know, I don't really look back. I either it's it is or it's good or it isn't. And I don't really it doesn't matter. It's not going to I'm not going to go back and and say that that game cost me or that play cost us the game. So he's confident um, being able to do it. I think they're one of the top teams in the league that do do it. In fact, I think they might be number one. Um, But anyways, they're they're good at it. So, you know what I am interested to see, guys, and I'm curious your perspective, because, Jeff, I agree with you in terms of the Chargers aggressiveness. However, does the philosophy change when you're playing a team like the Giants? And what I mean by that, if you look at their offensive production or the lack thereof, if you're Brandon Staley and you're dictating the tone early and you have perhaps a lead, do you then maybe take a step back and say, we don't need to be that aggressive. We don't need to give them favorable field position. Let's play the field position, right? Correct. Exactly. Because we know that they're not going to go and drive 80 yards on us. So, um, well, at least you don't think they're going to from – statistically speaking that's a good point and 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 it may it may play into that you're right yeah I do wonder if that will impact you know because you always talk about the analytics and they're important but you know they also depend on matchup game flow and things like that so yeah I'm with you I think I wonder if that my guess is that it's won't and they'll stick with their aggressive play because you know they can always think of the other with two lands right all right well we don't make it no you go for we don't make it you're guaranteed the 50 well we don't care because we don't think you can go down and score anyway so sure yeah, but yeah, I, I I do wonder how much that's going to kind of play into the way they approach things. All right, let's open up the phones, folks. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Giant fans, secure your season tickets for 2022 today for only 100 bucks. Limited seats are available. Speak with a Giants ticket representative now and become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. Rick in Tampa is up next. Rick, what's going on? Hey, guys, I'm up first. How you doing today? What's up? Leading off. Yeah, I see that. All right, great, great. Hey, um, a couple quick things. Um, first, I'm going to make two comments, and then I have um, a question and a kind of a comment wrapped together. First of all, the um, the comment where I think uh, um, um, Paul said yesterday, he said he was telling one of the callers about, hey, he remember the Basarchik, uh, you know, when he when the, that year when they lost eight in a row or 11 in a row, didn't score 17 points and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Back then, the offense was so limited on what they could do with the rules, where the defensemen held, you know how it was back then. It is so much easier on the offense nowadays with the rules that inclined to give offense more easier time. That's a good point. So with that multiplied, made the Giants even more inept these last couple of years because it is so much easier to – Score points. You so know, Lance, would, Lance and Jeff, I know you guys would be disappointed, but you did miss out on some fun Paul Dottino 1970s Giants talk yesterday. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was as thrilling as you might imagine. <laughs> Boy, that was thrilling as the teams seat. were back then, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. so, so that point I wanted to make, and uh, that's one. And then I got two more. When you don't have to comment on this one, but I, I, listening to Mike Tomlin last night was so refreshing as a Giants fan. I would love to hear our coach give us a tidbit like that. I was crying out, yes, 
say it. JV team. Yes, they did look like that. And and you know what? That's what makes me even more mad of uh, Joe Judge and what he's done and his coaching style this year. So I'm, you don't have to comment on that one. But that, I'm just throwing that out there. What I'd love to see that in our coach. Well, now, right, I'll just say that it, 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 it'll make you feel better. But the tangible impact is, is, is probably negligible. Just say. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. 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 And, all right. But you can you can tell Giant fans, and I've heard it already this morning. We're all on board with that kind of uh, reaction. Now, uh, two things. Jake Fromm. Uh, first of all, I am tired of hearing as a Giants fan this year now going in that uh, the chance for Glennon to play. I don't even want Glennon. Glennon means nothing to this team. He means nothing to the growth of this team. Daniel Jones. If we're stuck with him for another year, unless we get Wilson, Russell Wilson, or something like that. And let, he's not going to play. I want to see Jake from play. I've uh, seen no, time play. out, Rick. Rick I'm just, sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting what? you. I'm tired of this point. It's the, um, this, <laughs> is not, this is not just directed to you. It's directed to everybody. It's I know. Stupid. I know. It's stupid. Why? He's been here for Why? six practices. Do so what? Wanna, do you want You never know. You catch light. Wait, what what else finish. are we going to catch up. this year? Let, except... me, let me finish. What? All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to give the kid a realistic chance to succeed. I want to just see him go out there and play. He could be better than Glennon. Okay, so you want to put this kid in a bad spot so he fails and his career is hurt. Your team has a less chance of winning because he's terrible. That, to you, is a good, smart thing to do as a football team. Listen, That's I, smart. I, I agree. With you. No, no, I'm listening to you there, but you got to remember who they're playing. They're playing a team right now that is without – they're going to be without COVID players and stuff. They're going to be limited there. Their defense can be run on at will. Now, so what does I'm that have to do that, with that wasn't the case by Cincinnati. That wasn't the case recently, though, Rick. And if you look that, at the numbers, that wasn't the case. What does that have to do with Jake Fromm? What does running the ball have to do with Jake Fromm? No, but I'm saying he would have it. No, because that would be part of the game plan. I'm not saying he's got to go out there and be Dan Marino. He'd go out there, manage the game, hand the ball off, and see what he's got in him. Because you know what? No, Daniel but Rick, Jones... you're not going to know what you have in him because he's been here for six practices. That's okay. You no, it's not you okay. Never know what's you don't happen. know anything about football if you think that's Just okay. Laughing. You cannot learn you don't know an entire what offensive system in six weeks, in six practices. Very difficult. Very difficult, but I want to see. Actually, I want well, that's to see. Stupid, I've seen Rick. I'm done. Just, let, Lance, I can handle hey, it. Hey, what Jeff happened Lance. yesterday? I'll go, go do that for you nothing. Said, Mon- <laughs> you said, "Mom, you said, you don't have to pay me for that." That he was a poor man's Drew Brees. No, Paul Dettino. Paul Dettino said that. I did not call you him. You said that. what? You said, said Chad Pennington. His play style is similar to Chad Pennington. Pennington. He has yeah. never played in an NFL regular season game. We have no idea how good of a quarterback he is. I was talking Let's about build and Bro. play style. Jeff, go ahead. I'm 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 done with this. <laughs> okay. I, I I know your frustration. I, I hear both sides of the story here, but you have to understand something. Um, that yeah, six days of practice is is not enough to learn a playbook. Number one, even though a lot of the plays are still different, it's the terminology. Okay. Second of all. Yeah, handing off the ball, that's fine and dandy, but when you get in situations that even if you are going to try to win the game, you don't have any experience in the game. He's never played in an NFL football game, regular season. So I know you want to give him a chance, but I would say let's give him a chance if he's been here for six months. Six weeks, is th- that's dire straits. Jeff, so one, how about six weeks? You know, he's six had weeks. six All right, six weeks. But here's the thing. you got to understand that, that – if Mike Glennon is cleared to play, he's clearly the better option to sure. win a football game. That's what we're talking about, period. Mm-hmm. Even though you may not like Mike Glennon and people think that he's not that good, he's better than Jake Fromm at this point. He really is. Now that And, and statistics will show it because Mike Glennon's got a lot more start than Jake Fromm does. You are hurting Jake Fromm by putting him in that situation. You're hurting the kid. Rick, okay. you have to understand there's veteran quarterbacks that have been traded midseason, and it's still taken them the entire year to learn the new offense. For example, when Matt Castle went from Buffalo to Dallas because they had some injuries there, Castle even admitted after the season he didn't really know the entire Cowboys offense until by the end of the year. So if a veteran quarterback is telling you that, 
how do you assume that a guy that hasn't played one regular season game, has been here for six practices, barely a full week, is going to know the offense good enough to be able to show the things that you're hoping you get out of him? I think what's kind of crazy to me is a lot of Giants fans, they're so excited about just seeing a different quarterback. It's like the equivalent of when Herb Williams came in garbage time at a Knicks game. I've never seen so much excitement over a guy that is nowhere near a proven commodity. And no disrespect to Jake Fromm, but if you're going to give an opportunity to a player, why don't you give him the opportunity when you feel comfortable and he feels comfortable to perhaps scratch the surface of what you want to see out of him? And not to mention, Rick, you know, you talked about the Giants being able to run the ball. Did you also take into consideration that Joey Bosa and Linville Joseph and all those other guys are on the opposite side of the line too, and they're going to be coming after him? And not to mention the fact that four, three out of the last four games, the Chargers have held the opponent to under, under 105 rushing yards. Joe Mixon only had just barely 50 rushing yards yeah. against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They've actually improved they are lately. 20, they are 29th in the league. You can't I know, they're giving up 141 rushing yards, but have you looked at what they've done over the last four or five games? Yeah. That's the Have point. you looked what the Giants have done over the last yeah, four or five games? The Giants games haven't the shown they can run on anybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm just saying it as a as a fan. I wanted to take from play. He's been behind Allen. Give him a shot. All right. I yeah, mean, why I aren't you calling for Brian Lewerke to start? Yes. What about him? Why can't he get some love? No, I've seen him play down here in Florida when he was with Georgia. I've seen him. I think there's a – I'm hoping for lightning in the bottle because we don't have another option going into next year other than Daniel Jones. Now, let me just answer this question to you real quick, and I'll let you go, and I, I listen to you all the time. Yep. If, 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 if they lose – they they look bad. I can't run. The offense looks crappy again. We lose a close game, whatever. Then we lose. We lose out the rest of these games. I know Gettleman's gone. Is Joe Judge gone? We don't. We're, How do we know that? Right. Thanks for the call. We're not doing hypothetical. You know better than to call us with that type of hypothetical on the show. You know we don't speculate on people in this building losing jobs. We do. We do everything. We. That's the one thing we don't do. We're, we're not going to do that. Yeah, why would we? I mean, how do we know? You think that we have a hand in it? <laughs> I, you know, it's just, listen, it, there's a lot of things. 32 teams in the offseason, things change, okay? And, and it all depends. None of us. Who's healthy? Who's, yeah. How do the games go? You know, is the quarterback in there? You know, a million. I don't know. Uh, now listen, the, the, the one thing you question. can say is that, yes, will everything be evaluated 100%? I mean, if in that case scenario – that he just mentioned, if they don't win another game the rest of the season, then there's going to be some evaluation. And what it is, I don't know. But but from an organization, you've got to look at just what happened. So there will be a, there will be an evaluation of your head coach. There will be an evaluation of your general manager, all the assistant coaches, the players, everybody. And I'm, so, I'm sorry for getting fired up, guys, but that is just your class. And I, we got two calls about this yesterday, too, which is why I was a little annoyed about it. It's just your classic, oh, why not just do it? So – what, just so for your entertainment, you're going to put this poor kid out there who has no idea what he's doing? And again, this is not an attack on Jake Fromm. No, it's not. No rookie quarterback should be put out there playing an NFL game when they've only been in an offense for six practices. This is not saying that Jake Fromm's bad or he's terrible. I want to give Jake Fromm a chance. You know what's not giving Jake Fromm a fair chance? putting him out there only after six practices in a new offense for his first ever NFL regular season game. Can That's I tell you not something? fair to the kid. Here's, here's, here's one of the reasons, in my opinion, why Jake Fromm is here. Obviously for the reasons that, that they brought him in because of the emergency situation that is here. But the other thing is, is that because of the rules, you are allowed to go and scour the National Football League for people's rosters on practice squad as long as you elevate them to the 53. Sure. So if I'm sitting here going... Listen, guys, um, you know, Mike Lennon's an, an older veteran. Is there is this a guy that maybe we want back next year or not? He's played a couple games this year. He hasn't done all that well. Why don't we go ahead and start to maybe look and see for the future if we can find some young guy right. that's on a roster? Yeah, maybe he could be the backup next year. Now we actually sure. have a roster so spot best, for him. Right? Exactly. And look what they did. They went out and found a guy that was drafted in the fifth round that played in the SEC for Georgia, did well in college, and has a lot of upside to him. So, hey, let's bring him in. What's it going to hurt us? Okay, let's put him on. Let's put him on the roster. And now we've got him, and he's got a you know he's got a contract that they absorb. I mean, so it's it's it to me it, that means more to what's going on here than them saying to themselves, we've got to get this kid in a National Football League regular season game, and it's going to be this week against the Chargers. He's only going to go in there, guys, if he has to, right? And by he, the way, let's say they play him, okay, and by some minor miracle he plays well. What? 
So that means he's now competing with Daniel Jones for the starting quarterback spot? <laughs> no. I mean, really? And how many times have we seen when, and it happens all the time, guys, you know this, when teams can't prepare for a player, especially at the quarterback position, sometimes they do have immediate success. But then what happens? <laughs> There's blood in the water. There's defensive coordinators. Will, they will go after him the next week if he Jeff, so happens did, to play. What did Mike White do against the Bengals a few <laughs> There you ago, go. Okay? He threw for 400 yards. That, okay? Yeah. But then what, what happened after that? They won't play him again. He got hurt. Okay? <laughs> but he came back to reality. And even, yeah. listen, you know who's another great example of this? Daniel Jones. What did he do, remember, in his debut against the Bucks? Right? Sure. That second half? Tampa had no answer. Todd Bowles couldn't stop him left or right. And then what happened then after the next few games? Not to say that he was terrible because he actually had a solid rookie year, but he had his ups and downs. He wasn't putting forth the Tampa Bay performance every game following. So, yeah, that could very well happen. You could catch lightning in a bottle, but that doesn't mean that that's going to last. Bottle's going to break. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, you know what? It also goes back to what you were saying about developing the roster. When Joe Judge talks about the big picture, He's not just talking about bringing in a guy for three days, bringing in somebody that maybe can help them over the long term. And remember, if you have a guy like Jake Fromm, who you believe could be your backup from a salary cap perspective, that doesn't put stress on you because he's not taking up the amount of money that a veteran would be. So that's the other advantage of having a backup quarterback who hasn't been in the league very long, too. Yeah, and All again, of those things add up. And guys, to, to, to the, and I made this point yesterday, too. If you get to, like, week 16 or 7, let's say week 17, right? You get to week 17 and Daniel Jones, for whatever reason, still wasn't able to play, and you feel like since he's been here for five weeks now or so and you think he has a pretty good hold on the offense, then you want to give Jake Fromm a chance to start because you think and and you want to see what you have in him? Okay, I have no problem with that. That's fine. But now is way too quick. It's way too fast. Because you're right, then maybe in week 17 you figure out, well, maybe he is good enough to be our backup next year, right? And Mm -hmm. you get a feel for that. Mm -hmm. But... You're not putting the kid in a fair circumstance if you ask him to go out there and start this week. Now, he might have to if Glennon doesn't clear concussion protocol, yeah. and then you have no choice. But, you yeah, right? but then you're that. forced into that, Correct. Though, into those circumstances. Right. That's and a little and bit if, different. Yeah. And if you are forced into it, you understand that now your playbook goes from 50 pages to 20. You know, it's just like it, you, can't, you can't expect, like you said, John, it's not fair to him to throw him to the wolves like this unless you literally have to. You have no other choice. Well, then all of a sudden now you, you come up with a game plan that you can put this guy in a good position to succeed. And that's and then now that's relying on your running game, relying on some of the short passes to get the balls into your playmakers, not having him have to make plays unless he ultimately has to. Okay. But, you know, and you're going to get up against, like you said, you got the Joey Bosa's of the world who's coming back. I mean, they, he, you know, Brandon Staley kept him out of that game last week. He was cleared to come back, but because of just the way he is, and said, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to let this guy come back because of a concussion. This guy's ready to play again. Right. Yeah. Watch yeah. out. <laughs> and you by know? the well, way, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got to deal with that personnel on the opposite side of the ball. The, the other thing I was going to add was, you know, based on the last caller saying, well, put in Jake Fromm because they could run the ball down the Chargers' throats. So Mike Glennon can't hand the ball off to no. Saquon <laughs> that's Barkley. Why I, said well, I, I mean, you need that. Jake Fromm to come in to do that. I mean, come on. Let's be He's got a beautiful here. handoff, man. Yeah. I mean, Have you seen handoff it? Is, is, the Chargers are going to be intimidated by his handoff compared to Mike It Glennon. is a beauty, so, man. Now, yeah, in, I mean, it is. Now, in perfect. fairness, neither one of those guys holds a candle to um, Mac Jones's handoff from Monday night. That, that's that, true, that is yes. the best handoff I've ever well, seen. Well, because Mike Glennon, I mean, uh, Mac Jones has perfected the handoff yes. considering he did it about 45 <laughs> times. So, 40 straight, yeah. wasn't it? Pretty much. Let's go to Jeff in Maine. He joins us next time. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Jeff. Oh, hey guys! Uh, happy Friday. You too. Uh, so uh, after some of the calls yesterday, I got some uh, optimistic things to, to say, and then I got a question about uh, backup quarterbacks. Um, I like Daniel Jones. Uh, kind of, I'm kind of the the yin to my fellow Maynard Charlie's yang. <laughs> um, you know, I think all the uh, people that criticize Daniel Jones, it's really uh, issues with the offensive line. And uh, but you know, don't listen to what I have to say. Listen to what Phil Sims has to say. He says he'll be just fine. You know, but uh, my passion is team building because if you have a good enough team, you're going to win the games. And I think the the team is a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think all we need to have a complete team is a real offensive line and some um, uh, uh, quarterback depth, quality quarterback depth. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, oh, and hopefully all and and. Uh, we're set up to have all that be able to happen uh, this spring in the draft. 
So that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, but my thing about the backup quarterback, um, there's two things you want in a backup quarterback. Someone who can come in long-term uh, if they have to finish the season, like, say, Jeff Hostetler and win you a Super Bowl. So he's got to be good quality. But you need someone who can come in in the short term, in the middle of a game, and win the game for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, my question is about styles. You know, if you have – if your quarterback's getting beat up and, and, and the opposing defense is getting to him and he has to leave the game midway through, if you just put in uh, a clone of that same quarterback, uh, another pocket passer, who is maybe a little slower and, and less talented, in, in our case Daniel Jones, they're just going to get to him too. So I would suggest that you would need to put in the opposite style instead of a pocket passer, a scrambler. And uh, so I think that might be more effective. And the problem, though, Jeff, is that you don't, you don't want to have to change yeah. how I, – I understand your point, and that would then throw defenses for, 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 for a loop. But I think the whole point of having the back of a quarterback is that you want to be able to bring them in the game and Symmetry. not change the way you play. Right, and if you bring a, if you have a backup quarterback that is a completely different style, that's going to force you to change a lot of the way you do things when you have to go to that backup quarterback. Which sometimes for a team in a very short period of time, sometimes in the middle of a game, you have to replace your starter with your backup. It's very difficult to kind of change styles like that, kind of on a snap. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, true. But on the other hand, if if the if the style's not working, and if your quarterback's completely getting beat up, which could easily be the case, then maybe a change of style would be for the good. Yeah, but But normally that would take some time, though, over the course of a season to develop. So, for example, what you're talking about is when Baltimore had Joe Flacco, Jeff, okay? They then went to Lamar Uh Jackson. Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, he completely revamped the offense because Lamar is a completely different player than Joe Flacco in every which way. Yes. So, you know, but that was something that he took an entire offseason to reconform, okay? You're not doing that in the span of two to three weeks. So, for example, the Giants, if Daniel Jones was ruled out for the season, Freddie Kitchens is not going to go, now we're going to completely change the offense because Mike Glennon is our quarterback. You, just, you don't have the luxury to do that in a very short period of time. You might have, you might have a select a few, not, you know, you're going to have some plays that you might be able to throw in there that maybe the starter it wasn't as good as the backup was for it. Like so specialty just a little, type of plays. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit of that that could change the tempo of the game, which I understand you're saying, Jeff. That would probably be a lot right. easier than to have somebody that knows a completely different, has a completely different style opposed like maybe a right-handed batter and a left-handed batter, left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher. You know, so it's it, you got to, there will be little certain circumstances that you could change a little bit as the game goes, but as a whole, because of the way that your system is designed, you got to have two guys that understand the system as a whole. So it's it's it, I I totally get what you're saying. It does make sense, right. but it's more, it's it makes more sense to it doesn't it's hard to execute that than it is to talk about it. You're, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. easier. Well, point point taken. Uh, so let me ask you this: So just in a, in a broader sense, do you think that the league is in general over the last few years going away from more pocket quarterbacks and getting more toward, like, say, scrambling quarterbacks, that the league's moving toward that direction. Um, I, I think, and in the long term, they might be more successful. Yeah, Jeff, I do think there are more scrambling quarterbacks in the league, but I will maintain this until I am proven otherwise. You have to win with your quarterback in the pocket. If you can't win with your quarterback in the pocket, it's very difficult for you to win. And you better have multiple quarterbacks on your roster if you decide to go the, way, the running way because they're going to get hurt. Yeah. They're going to expose right. themselves to well, answer. And I think there's also there's a distinct right. difference between a scrambling quarterback and a running quarterback. Yes. For example, Lamar Jackson right. is a running quarterback. Jalen Hurts, running quarterback. Those guys run because it's part of the offense, and they're willing to take on hits. Justin Herbert, not a running quarterback. Herbert, to me, is more of he's a mobile scrambler. He'll run if he has to, but Mike he can Jones. more than help himself in the pocket, and it's not a problem. Daniel Jones, same thing. Daniel Jones, same thing. Yes, exactly. Well, see, so that's kind of why I like Daniel Jones. Right. right. Well, that's why I like Daniel Jones so much. He can stay in the pocket. He's tall. He can see receivers. But he's, especially this year, he's been able to run more when he has to to escape pressure. But the thing about a pocket quarterback is that you have to have a good offensive line. So I don't want to you know, beat that point to death. Um, but I guess what I'm looking for is like a combination of Fran Tarkington and uh, Jeff Hostetler. And, and that's why even though I like Daniel Jones, I think they should draft a quarterback next year. 
uh, in addition to their offensive line. Well, yeah, but, uh, but I think you draft a quarterback because it's worthy of taking a quarterback with whatever pick you have. You know, we get calls constantly. I think the Giants should take an offensive lineman. I think they should take a pass rusher. What happens if you get to this year's draft class and you don't think that the stock is great? You're not going to then take that player for the sake of taking the player. So, you know, you got to be careful in terms of how you phrase statements like that. I think, you know, just big picture perspective, and I think this is where the caller was going at initially, and then we sort of went into a different tangent. If you're looking for a backup quarterback in today's NFL, you want to meet somebody with experience, previous starting experience I think is key, who you know does not need a lot of reps during the week, could still run your offense. That's why experience is so key. And you have confidence that he can operate the offense and not do things that are going to come back to bite you. So, you know, if you look at the last few teams that had to rely on backup quarterbacks, for example, when Carson went down and the Eagles ultimately won the Super Bowl, okay, they had a veteran quarterback. Yeah, that they're they paying could them 11 to. million bucks, too. Correct. But, well, I'm not saying it's going to come cheap, Jeff, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is you had a guy who you had some familiarity with. You had faith he was going to be able to run your offense. And that's exactly what happened. Andy Dalton last year with the Cowboys when Dak went down. You know, mm-hmm. those are the types of guys that I think have value in this league because they have previous starting experience and they've been involved in a lot of schemes. And you know that they're more than capable to put yourself in a position to win. They may not do unbelievable things well above the X's and O's, but they're not going to necessarily come back to bite you. So those are the guys that I think are going to have value regardless of your scheme and system. And you also understand that those veteran quarterbacks like the Andy Daltons of the world and the Nick Foles, if you will, but those guys at one point in time were starters in the National Football League at a high level. Yeah. And so that, that puts yourself in a good position knowing that they have experience to come in and either finish a game get you through one or two, or, God forbid, got to go through the rest of the season. But you have confidence that they're that they're going to be that type of person. They're, they're a backup for a reason, right? And so it's either you're a young guy that doesn't have any experience or you're an older guy who's got all the experience, and that's why they're slotted at the second position. Well, but also what you were talking about, Jeff, and this actually relates to what we were talking about with Jake Fromm earlier – a backup quarterback that meets the criteria you just talked about, to mm-hmm. me, can get away with if on Wednesday you find out your starter can't play, you have no problem inserting that quarterback, even if maybe he gets one practice yeah. session. Mm-hmm. Jake Fromm is not in a position Correct. where he's yet at the point where on Friday, if you find out you don't have your quarterback, that you're confident to put him in yeah. because, A, he doesn't know your offense very well, and, and B, he never started a game or was in a regular season game. So there's a distinct difference between those two. His head's on backwards. <laughs> really, I, I mean, mean you're yeah. looking, I'm like, hello, turn around. There you go. Okay, we're going this way, bud. All right? It's, it's hard. It's very difficult. Um, and, you know, this game uh, is so difficult to play and that when you have never been in there, I don't care where you played, SEC, what ha- it doesn't matter. You, it's an NFL football game, and you're going up against a veteran uh, defense across from you. Um, there's more veterans on that team than there are young guys. So I'm just telling you that, that you're going to go up against some stiff competition. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. And the team, your team, the Giants, are not going to be able to ask you to do much because you're just not capable of doing it yet. And like as John said, it's just not fair. It's really not. All right, let's get back to the phones, guys, at 201-939-4513. Travis in Queens has been waiting a while. Travis. Travis! We can't get off on the side topics here, Travis. I apologize. (laughs) What's going on? You're probably just laughing as you're in hold. Okay, that's good. I said, yo, can you imagine John at the presser? Everybody wants Joe Judge to be. Let's put John in. Yo, <laughs> no, no, nobody wants but, that, Travis. Is, my ass will be fired and out of a job in about two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that was hilarious. That was but, good, you know, though. Um, Nothing like a little yeah. rant on Friday, you know? Yeah, right? The, the first, the, the, oh, man. <laughs> but look, right? So, all right, um, all right, long picture, right? Because is it like percentage-wise, the Giants making a playoff is is is, is very not that hot, correct? Yes, I think that's fair to say. It's dwindling. It's dwindling. Right. Okay. The fire is going out. Cool. Right. Right. So now with the fire going out, right? Um, I'm a strong component of um, you know we have to get rid of 
Dave Gettleman. Now, I know it might be too early to have these talks, but here's I'm going to bring up a few points, right? One point being Jerry Reese, right? His last three seasons with the Giants, we went 15 and 33, right? We The last three years of uh, Gettleman right now, at, at the moment right now, I think we're like 9 and 27, right? Now, here's my issue that I have with you guys, and I love y'all to death, right? Is that you guys talk about execution, right? I, I, I get it. Execution is important, right? But you... No, no, did we lose Travis? Travis, call like us right back, buddy. We lost you. I'll put you right back up, I promise. Give us a call right back. Um, I think we hit that half an hour time limit on there, Taylor. I think that's probably why we lost him. Um, I think I know where Travis is going, so I'm going to try to answer his question before he finishes asking it. Travis, the better players you have, the better they're going to execute. Mm-hmm. Right? No question. I mean, that's why they're better players, because they execute more frequently at and, a higher at, level. and at a high and at a higher level. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we talk about getting good players. I mean, you, hey <laughs> – you don't win in this league if you don't have good personnel. And by the way, if not only the, the 22 guys, but you got to also have some good players behind them that you're developing that can become good players through your draft. Because as we know and as we will see next year when all the salary cap stuff starts to come into to play is that you've got to build your roster so that you can afford to keep guys that are good and then also have through the draft where you don't have the higher salary cap numbers. You build your roster through the draft because it doesn't cost you as much money. I have Travis back, Jeff. Let's, Hi, Travis. Let's bring okay. Travis back up. Sorry you about, said about that, execution. You were yes. talking about execution. <laughs> right, Not right. killing okay. us, but I, I, just I, I, execution. I, 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 Right, right. I forgot. What, I, I didn't hear what you guys were saying. But okay, Travis, Travis, so Travis, Travis, the only thing we said in response after we lost you was that better, more talented players execute more frequently and at a higher level, which is, I think, what the direction you were going at with that, right? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Based, based on – okay, so – okay, right. So now um, um, when Dave Gettleman was higher, right, I don't know if I can talk for, like, most of the Giant fans, but I I was under the impression that he was big in the O-line. That was his thing coming from the Panthers, how he built that, so on and so forth, right? He hasn't done that job. Now, granted, right, he has tried, but that's his position. That's his job to do, to, you know, try to draft these players, right, and try to get the right players. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out. On top of that, this, this last draft, man, he said – he said, you know, he believes in the guys that's, that's there. Granted injuries, right? Granted injuries. I get all that. But to draft a Kadarius Tony over Rashad Slater, like, that like that would have been a great pickup. Well, well Travis, you know? Travis, remember, um, they, they, they drafted Kadarius Tony and picked up an extra first-round pick instead of Rashad Slater. I know, but I know that I know, but that's what I'm saying. I like, like that pick in Rashad Slater. That would have been tough. That that would have been a tough decision. But in front of me, I really would have went uh, Slater. Granted, well, but I think pick, I think in fairness, though, you have to wait and see what they do with the first round picks next year to truly evaluate that. Now, in theory, Travis, next year maybe they use that first round pick they get on an all future All Pro tackle, which is possible, and then they have that future All Pro tackle, and they have Kadarius Tony like that. That is possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So cool. Okay. Okay. So I take heed off the that that pick. Okay. No, but Travis. So, Travis. No, but Travis. Generally, if your if your basic statement is that the offensive line hasn't made the progress that you have wanted to see over the last four years. I don't think any of us would argue with that, but we also agree that injuries have something to do with it. But speaking generally, the offensive line has not, and I'm sure Dave Gettleman doesn't think the offensive line either has improved as much as he would have liked over the last four years. I think that's fair. Right. No, I I, I would hope so. But, and then then another thing, too, is that, you know, uh, 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 like, Okay, let me ask you guys this: Would you rather have, as a GM, right? If you if you can, if if we can pick a GM, right? Let's make a GM up, but we're not gonna make a perfect GM, right? If, would you rather have your GM be great at drafting or great at signing? Players? Oh, drafting! I mean, Which, it's not even 100% close. Hundred percent draft. Not even close. Drafting. 
because that's okay, the best right. way to build a team. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So let, uh, yesterday, I believe somebody called and said, you know, they want to get him in back and so on and so forth. And, and you know, uh, Paul was big on what he did with the defense. But I'm saying to myself, you know, what he did with the defense was, was great. But at the end of the day, man, we have no pieces to look forward to, you know, to be like, all right, this is our cornerstone. You know, McKinney. Like, I'm tired. Uh, okay, boom. Okay, perfect. McKinney, I agree with you, right? McKinney was drafted, what, two years ago or a year ago? Two years, right? Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got you. Right. So, two years ago, boom, right? That's that's one piece that I can really – now, Julian Love, that's, that's a great – he's a great pickup as well, right? But as far as cornerstone, I'm not so sure yet. I believe he probably needs more time. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But – but going forward, it's just like, yo, man, like, you know, as far as, like, our youth and, and, and our defense, like, him picking up Bradbury, he, he knows Bradbury, you know? Like, all these guys he picked up was great pickups, but guess what? They had history. So it's like, it's like I don't want my GM being great at picking up and great at uh, drafting. Now, and in fairness, now, they, Travis, in fairness, Gettleman did draft okay. Bradbury when he was in Carolina, too. Just, just FYI. Oh, okay, cool, okay, okay. Yeah, and what uh, familiarity okay, cool. did he have with Blake Martinez? It's a good point, too. No, the, the, so. the, okay, the, 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 what he had with Blake was, right, the, the, uh, his, his, his resume. He had a good resume. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, in fairness, Travis, so you're not going to no, you're I'm not going is, to single handedly build a team through the draft. You're going to have to complement that with some free agent pickups. No, but Travis, Travis, no, if, if your point is I, that a lot of the gains on defense have come through free agency rather than the draft, I think that's true and that's fair. Right, and, and, and all I'm saying, and, and, I, and I agree with you too, is that of course you need both to blend. You know what I mean? Of course we would want that, but. You know, I like. I wish Paul was on. Normally, he's on with you guys on Friday. But anyway, I, I, I believe. But um, you know, well, what's wrong with Jeff? That, you know, look. What's wrong with Jeff? I, I, I love Jeff. Paul will I, tell I, you what I, you I, want I think to you owe Jeff, Jeff an apology, Travis. I mean, That's you were right. sliding Jeff. That's so okay. nah, no. you know, so, so Jeff's my guy. Well, I was, um, all right, it doesn't sound like he's your guy, but that's okay. He's like, oh, nah, nah, I, nah, I wish Paul was on, man. Oh, yeah. I really want to talk to I Paul. I know. Not, yeah, who I wants would, to talk to a punter? Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, it's terrible. Nah, come who on, wants nah, to talk to nah, somebody nah, that talks about it. the 70s all the time? <laughs> yeah. When they wore leather no, no. helmets. Yeah, far more interesting. <laughs> no, nah, absolutely. But now nah, you know. You don't even know the names of those people. I don't even know how old you are, Travis, but I know you don't know that means he's in the 70s. I'm a baby. I'm 31, man. I'm a, yeah, I you don't have no anything. idea who any of those guys are in the 70s no that idea. Paul talks about no. for 30 minutes, so I don't know how much fun that is. <laughs> no idea. But as far as, as far, like, you know what I mean? So that, so, Wrap so up the point, point, Travis. We're, go ahead. Wrap it up. Yeah, you know, yep. No, I was, I was just saying, like, you know, like that's my grade. But it's like, you know, we really got to move on with um, uh, uh, Gettleman, you know, and it's starting to look like, you know, I think the worst thing that's starting to become, and I hope it don't, is that uh, Daniel Jones becomes our Sam Donald, where it's like, what do you do? You know, because of the influx of our situation. Guys, I love y'all. Man, y'all have a good weekend. Thank you, you Travis. too, Travis. Thank All you. Right, you too. Good good All right, fellas. All right, take care. Jeff, do you have a rebuttal there to his uh, dislike for talking to you on your phone, the phone? No, I have none. I, I don't care, really. Doesn't matter <laughs> <me>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I mean, is, I don't know. I don't. I mean, if I must not have anything good to say. I no, guess. I don't we're know. Just, we're just, no. So. I, I think he wanted to refute a couple yeah. of Paul Paul's points from yesterday. I think that's all he was trying. Yeah, to do. yeah. That's it. Paul loves to live in the past. <laughs> does <laughs> he ever? Yes, he does, and, and not just football. All right, let's go to uh, Mike in Virginia. He's up next. Mike, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Fellas? <laughs> How Hi, are Mike? you? You got me. You got Mike, me. You all right? You all right with me today, Mike? Or do you want me to just call somebody right, else man. to get in here today? <laughs> You, okay, you that's cool. I just want to get that, you know, Paul, right man, off the top, so we're understanding. Because <laughs> Paul does live in the past, man. Yesterday, uh, there was a caller that called in, and John was like, hey, man, I'm going to just let you have it, Paul. Y'all going to talk y'all old stuff for a minute. Yep, that's what happened. exactly what happened. And then, like, I ate a cookie, had a drink. Lying, it was great. <laughs> see, see we're, we're, we're like Wayne's World here. You ever see the movie Wayne's World yeah, when they say, live in the now, yeah, man, you. live in the now. <laughs> that's what we're <laughs> We are living in the now. <laughs> man. Yeah, we are, man. And, like, right now, honestly, it's like this. 
I love my team, man. I was stationed in um, uh, what was it, Jersey, and I used to go to, when I was up there, I used to go to um, the, uh, the training camps that they had before they had the overhead. I'm out there baking with my team in July <laughs> whenever they're doing the um, stuff. Thank you for and, your service, man. I mean, it's just, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's just like, it's very disappointing, man. Like, last year I really didn't expect much. I just wanted us to compete. I just wanted us to be able to compete because I know where we were coming from. But this year we, we go out, we get a wide out, who's arguably one of the best 50-50 catchers. He led the league a couple years in touchdowns, and it's like the opportunities that they're giving him is horrible. They're not – like a 50-50 ball is the range. You just put it in his area and allow him to go up and get it. But they're, the times that they do it is bad decisions. Um, they're not really giving him catchable passes, and it's not an accuracy point that there. It's just like I guess that's a feel type of deal, Just but you're not even putting it up enough for the man to go get it. He has no touchdowns this year. He led the league like, what, two years ago, maybe three? I don't know if he led the I league. I just think before. the utilization – in touchdowns, didn't he? Well, I'm, well, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he led, led the league, league. but he, he, was, yeah. he was certainly a big-time touchdown receiver. No argument. Okay. No okay. argument. That's fine. Well, and, that's where they targeted and, him, for the red zone. We needed a big right, player, right. you know? But they're not even – even. I, I'm saying going, getting getting him down the field. They gotta get they're not even using him correctly. My, my issue is the, the utilization of players. Like last week, as a wide receiver – I'm a coach also. I, I played wide receiver when I was younger, but I'm a coach also. As a as a wide receiver, if you're a man or a man, that's what you want. Yep. That's the time where, you know, you get the juices going, baby. Let's go. Yep. And you don't beat anybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, fellas, we got to look in the mirror here, fellas. We're professionals. They're giving you what you want. You don't want to run against the zone. Hey, I want to get you man on man, baby. I'm going to show you where I'm at. And nobody can win a route. That's that's disappointing, and it it it's not the coaching. I, I I mean I don't know. I'm not there, but it's just like what's the pride? You know they play with pride, but sometimes it's like, come on, fellas, what's going on? Well, the, part of the problem is that Gall- Gall- Galladay was also out of the game for like a quarter and a half too, which also didn't help. That that's yeah, that's that's another issue. It's just injuries. I mean, hey man, that 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 part sucks, man. It is what it is with the game, but. When you're out there, fellas, you gotta you gotta eat. Basically, you know what I mean, man. Like the old line, there's no push. But on, on the negative side, that's enough. Positive. I hear that there may be a couple people missing uh, in this game coming up on uh, their defense. I believe maybe um. Well, Chris Harris, their Chris Harris, their cornerback, uh, is a close contact, okay. and then they we have uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on offense. Man, listen. <laughs> okay. With, with, with saying that, it's a... Ah, uh, it sounds like we lost Mike. Yeah, it looks like we lost him. Uh, we had him on for a while. But look, if <laughs> those three guys are all out, it certainly gives them a better chance to succeed. I mean, no argument. Anyway. Yeah, sure. but, I mean, in fairness, John, I feel like we've had these conversations over hey, the years, no, right? No, the, the Giants you know, had to prove hey, they could take advantage of it. This yep. is without so-and-so. No it's going to be a layup line, and then we get to the game. Well, I, 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 I don't think we've ever called it a layup no, line. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying that this is the <laughs> feedback we've heard from listeners. It's it's the same routine. So-and-so is not going to be there. The Giants should be able to run it down their throat. I mean, the, Rick earlier in the program said the Chargers, you know, can't stop a nosebleed on the ground, so the Giants should capitalize. And... It doesn't necessarily come to fruition. By the way, just to uh, give the last caller credit, Galladay did lead the yeah. NFL with job, 11 Mike. touchdowns in 2019. Yeah, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, and Michael Thomas oh, were wow. right up there, but he Good was call. just ahead of them. Yeah, so Galladay did lead the NFL. I just looked it up. No, thank you, yep. Lance. I Absolutely. did not... I did not recall that, but that's that, that's good. I mean, I'm not surprised. I knew he was like top five. I forgot he had he had finished in first. All right, let's go to our final call of the show. Andrew up in Canada. Hello, hey, Andrew. What's going on, Canada? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. You sound very friendly. <laughs> well, I, I try to be. I'm actually from Jersey, so I shouldn't sound too friendly. Okay, no, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> now you're just wearing the facade. Apparently. That's true. Yeah. It depends how long you've been in Canada, how much their their uh, congeniality has like worn off on you. Or yeah, not. I've been here. I've been here a while, so maybe uh, maybe it's uh, gotten me nice and friendly. I don't know. What do you got for us, Andrew? <laughs> hey, so um, talking with Gettleman, hey, I was wondering if you guys in this age of analytics. There must be, you know how after they have a draft, you have all these analysts coming out and giving grades, which is kind of utterly ridiculous because no one's played a play yet. That's correct. If you, I mean, what if you look back two years, three years, four years, is there a, a reputable grading system 
to no. create the GMs? No, I mean, there really isn't and, anything that has any mathematical formula behind it. It's all really just subjective, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, no one should really uh, make that. It'd be, uh, it'd be a nice thing to look at. Well, Jeff, um, I know you're big into math. Maybe you could sit down with your supercomputer and, like, churn out some standard deviations and, and models to, to help Algorithm make those calculations. Theory, Algorithm. Yes. Thank you, Lance. That's what yes. I was looking for. Jeff, do you think you can handle that for us? 100%. Yeah. Pro football focus. Go ahead and get you. It gives you a nice little stuff there. Did, there here's a better question. Did, <laughs> did, did uh, one of your sons, like, major in math or, or statistics in college? Can nope. you recruit nope. one of them? No. No. All we dealt with <laughs> in my well, house was, did you get over 40 major. yards? So, uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a math major, so maybe. I'll, maybe I'll take yeah, maybe you should do it then, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Well, well but see, you see the, right. the problem, Andrew, with your point is that if you ask five different people about a prospect or a player, it depends on what they're looking for. You right. know, they may point to it was a good value signing, meaning under the cap, the value, the finances made sense. Unfortunately, the guy didn't stay on the field. So he wasn't healthy. Yep. And, you know, same thing with draft picks. So that's why I think it's very hard, no matter who puts together the mathematics, for you to get really a concrete value on a player that everyone would buy in and agree to yeah i mean i mean that's going to be the way with all analytics like uh, even with pff like they don't know what plays being called so you don't necessarily sure, exactly. know who made the blocking mistake but you could maybe make something like you hit on slate in round five but you miss on baker round one there's going to be you know relative you know there's going to be a consensus that those were a good and bad pick you, but just, you, know, I don't know. you know what you know what the probably the i would say the the, probably the closest you're ever going to get, which none of us will ever see, is how the team themselves put grades on their own players. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Because I, we, we don't know the play. We don't know if it was changed. We don't know this. We don't know how they grade. And I can only tell you that it's so different because I remember um, – you know, when I was when I was with the Giants, I hung around a lot of the alignment. They were my guys, okay? Deal and, and O'Hara and Richie and those guys. And they were always talking about how Coach Flaherty would grade them. You know, I had no idea what they were talking about as far as what they were. Well, but there you was were in a lot the pool. Of, That's where you got graded, so, you know. Exactly. I was course. in the pool. I was how <laughs> deep the how the water was, how warm <laughs> yes. it was. Was, you, was it true in 98 degrees? Or how what was, was Jeff's short game today? You know, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but they used to say that, you know, I came out of the game thinking that I played horrible, but I got I graded out, you know, a lot better than I played. So you don't know these things unless you're really in the building. I think that's probably the, the closest way. But you, nobody will yeah. ever see that. There's no way. Yeah. They'll never make that point. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew, well, thank anyway, you. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Take care. You do the don't same. Do the stranger, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for Nothing like ending Canada. the show on a positive note with some guy that has pure energy. Right? I love <laughs> energy. Not great callers today. Absolutely. I mean, it's a really good. And by the way, and, and Charlie tried to call in, and I had to politely push, you know, Pull him aside and say, Charlie, I'm sorry. You already called him once this week. He, he he called in on Monday. He I know, and then apparently he tried to call in on Tuesday too, is my understanding, right, Taylor? So this was his, this was a second attempt to break the one call moratorium rule, and he's trying to like coerce poor Taylor over here to put him on the air, and she has to ask me, and I have to say, Nah, God, you know we have we had a full bank of calls, and look, I know you, the regulars want to get in, and by the way. For, for the large majority of you, you've done a great job following that one call a week formula. And I think it's been good for the show. It's very we've, simple. No, look, we've had a lot of – you guys will agree with me. I think we've had a lot of different callers and voices on the show that I like we've it. had the yeah. last few weeks. I think it's worked really well. So we're going to stick with that. Once we get to the off season, if things really slow down and we see that, all right, we're not getting as many calls, then maybe we can, you know, stack them up a little bit more. I know Lance has different opinions <laughs> <laughs> but for now, that's what we're going to stick with is we're getting different voices in here, and I think we're having some good conversations. Taylor, don't ever let Charlie convince you that he will send you lobsters or something like that from Maine because not only will he probably not, but if he does, the lobster you're going to get are going to be so small that you're going to need like 50 of them to well, eat a now, meal. Jeff, that, you know what? I, I'm not one to stick up for Charlie, but he did send you a big crate full because of lobsters. Because he owed me a bet. Delicious, but he did, he did fulfill his end of the bet. He did. That's you right. have to give him credit for that. No, I'm not going to give Remember him credit. Remember, Taylor, you should have seen it. He sent in, <laughs> it was a huge styrofoam box. We put it on the table. Live. They were, we were live. On camera. You could hear the lobsters in the styrofoam case moving during the show. And your John Schmelk was freaked out over well, it. Well, look, I was, I, was, I was never in a household that ate lobster growing up, right? We, we just didn't do it. <laughs> so I just assumed, like, when you order, like, ground beef or chicken, it's dead. it comes dead and yeah. it's frozen and you cook it. I so wasn't they didn't put the cow on the table first? No, no. There was no cow or chicken <laughs> clucking around on the table. So I didn't expect that when they sent the big 
sent lobsters <laughs> that you send like the <laughs> click 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 claw claw claw. Oh. No, I, I thought they'd be like. I thought they'd be, it'd be like lobster meat, not I, live, live that lobsters. That was a funny day. Opening that, a, that styrofoam lid and seeing them things live, the look on John's face was like, oh, my God, what the hell? <laughs> Why are those things moving? Well, the other problem I have, too, and I probably shouldn't say this, but you know how people get really freaked out when they get like the, um, the fingernails on the blackboard, right? And yeah. And it kind of makes some cringe. And oh, it's a styrofoam. Cringing noise. Yeah. Dude. Style, like <laughs> seriously, like if if you want to, yep, you should If, if you want to torture John Schmelk, oh and boy, you you're wanna, getting... and you want to get something out of me, oh man, just rub styrofoam around me. I will be in a fetal position with my hands over my ears in about three seconds. And I hear somebody trying to do something now, and it's not working. <laughs> what is that? A balloon? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> It was a, it was, it was a, there's, I have a light bulb here. I'm just kind of like, just no, this. that's yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. And, and, and right. it is like, a, it is like a specific type of styrofoam yeah. that gets me, but that noise. So that also didn't help when the lobsters were here because it was in like that really noisy styrofoam where if it makes like that squeaking sound, oh gosh, <laughs> that's doing nothing by the way, but styrofoam. It's annoying you, baby. Styrofoam. Well, you always annoy me, but that's okay. Styrofoam just it, it murders me. I, yeah. I I I can't deal with it. It's really bad. Anyway, yeah. you guys have anything else before we say goodbye? <laughs> no. It's hard no. to top that. I'll tell nothing, you. Nothing. Nothing annoys Lance. I mean, he's. Per- oh yeah. Well, I can't say styrofoam other than me. Paul and I Charlie. I won't say that. Yeah. You know, Charlie is Lance's styrofoam. I think it's, it's fair to say, right? Well, that's two strikes against him because of the live lobsters and the styrofoam. So mm-hmm. he doesn't leave himself much leeway in terms of that. No, but what? he already has four and, strikes. And normally, anyway, usually, so. usually lobster come in styrofoam. So you're you're yes. you're messed up now. See now, once once I understood that they were alive, I wasn't I wasn't like scared. No, I wasn't scared of the live lobsters. When just I just was hearing random noises yeah. coming out of this box, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going Could've on. Been a Severed head. So wait, you know, earlier in the week <laughs> well, we brought Jeff, up. By the way, does that not mean... for nothing. I would hope a severed head isn't making a lot of noise. <laughs> then we'd be in a lot of trouble, like some so, Walking Dead stuff going then on. Charlie would have been in jail by calling us on Big Blue. <laughs> Go ahead, Lance. You know, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say earlier in the week we brought up Shrek. So does that mean you have not seen The Little Mermaid? Because no, you know you have talking fish and lobsters <laughs> yes. and everything in that. Is it was that okay or did no, that not pass cool. the John Schmoke test? That, that's a cartoon. You, well, you, but still, you know you. You're still talking gonna, about like, they're eat, alive. You're not going to eat Sebastian. I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> I know. But, mermaid, well, okay? I thought maybe mentally from a childhood experience, it, you know, has left a, no. a mark. That's no, what I was getting at. No, as a kid, I, I think maybe I watched a part of Little Mermaid once. I, that was a little bit after my time when I was a young child. Uh, so I really did not watch that. But I've watched that multiple times with my daughter. And Lance, I did try her because I had to pick her up early from school on Wednesday because they had to see – sick thing going kid crap so i had to pick her up we got home and we had time as i had to work from home to watch a movie and i said you know clara i got a movie for you do you want to watch shrek it's about a big green ogre she goes no daddy let's watch that later and then she chose something completely differently so i tried but all she right had, but well she had no i think interest. you got to try a little bit harder oh 100 percent. you gotta you have to sit her down girl. and have it on in the background and like yeah. you know gently Get her to pay attention. Now, I think once she sits down, she'll enjoy it. I, I, you're, you're probably right, but also, as Jeff can attest to, when you have a young child, offering them more TV generally isn't the smart way to go. Because no, that's that all I they completely understand. So, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you put it on, and yeah. then maybe she's doing an activity, and or you're yeah, watching it, and then comes in the room, maybe that will be a way yeah, to uh, okay. to have yeah. it happen. We can try you know, that. We'll work on it over the course of. The remaining weeks. Maybe right. we'll get this done before the season ends. Do it's we, possible. Do we have a football yes. point that either you want to make before we say goodbye? Oh, no. no. What, <laughs> lobsters and Shrek connected to the Chargers? I don't know if there's any way to salvage this conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Friday's yeah. episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Eh, whatever. Go Giants! If, if anyone's left, thank you for listening. For Lance Meadow. And Jeff Eagles. I am John Schmoke. Of course, the whole crew is back. We have our super duper two hour and 15 minute monster pregame show on Sunday starting at 1.50 Eastern. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, Quincy Roche, Julian Love, Joe Judge, Matt Money Smith, a bunch of other guys. Howard Cross, Bob Papa will join us, Carl Banks. So make sure you check that out on WFAN on Sunday afternoon with Lance, Jeff, myself, and of course, the one and only. Paulie D. Man of the 70s the and dots. 80s, Paul Dottino. <laughs>
For the guys, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Giants and Chargers, 405 Eastern. We'll see you then.